Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger. Once again, solo, Jordan and I were trying to coordinate times here, but it's been a crazy week for him. It's been a crazy week for me. We're both traveling a little bit. I'm actually at my sister's place in Denver, Colorado for New Year's Eve as I record this. So happy new year to everybody out there that is listening to this. Hopefully 2022 will continue uh, to improve upon 2021, wherever you end this year. So, you know, for the Browns, hopefully 2022 brings, uh, you know, uh, an improvement on 2021 as well. Uh, 2021 was a pretty good year. Got the, got the playoff win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I know that was last season, but that was pretty awesome. And there have been a lot of great moments this year. Uh, there have been some rough ones too, no doubt. But does feel like some things are starting to come together for, for 2022 in this Browns team. And I think, you know, the place to start is just with some news. There's a bunch of different news, uh, mostly positive for the Browns. Um, I think uh, something that just caught my eye today, and I'll start here, is that Jadavion Clowney said he wants to re-sign in Cleveland. Miles Garrett said Clowney likes warmer weather, uh, but he'll try to convince him to stay here. Now, I think the, the question for uh, that all comes down to, you know, what what's Jadavion Clowney's asking price? He's been great this season. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, as I try to remind Browns fans every time they say we need to re-sign player X is there is a salary cap in this league. Now, the Browns have signed uh, Wyatt Teller. They've signed Joel Batonio. You have to imagine a Denzel Ward extension is on, you know, the horizon here. Not everybody can be re-signed, depending on what their asking price is. Clowney's been great. He's been a fantastic compliment to Miles Garrett. I've been really impressed with him this season. I wasn't sure he had this kind of production still in him, and he's been fantastic. Will the Browns bring him back? I don't know. Uh, that's a question, I think, for the offseason at this point. Uh, you know, I think Clowney in the past has had some pretty high demands up for his salary. And that's part of the reason he's ended up on several different teams at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. And he ultimately ends up somewhere else. But of course, based on his play this season, it would be, uh, uh, you know, it would be the hopefully the best thing to have him come back to Cleveland, uh, you know, and, and pair him back up with Miles Garrett for another season, especially with the Tech McKinley news, you know, the Browns are going to, you know, be looking for some other uh, help, you know, in terms of the rotational side of things at the edge position. As far as the COVID situation, of course, we've always got to talk about the COVID situation, but this is positive news for the Browns. JC Treader back off the COVID list. Greg Newsom back off the COVID list. Seems like he's also uh, in line here to clear concussion protocol and play in this game. Uh, defensive tackle Jordan Elliott is back in, you know, a, a sneaky one is kicker Chase McLaughlin. Now I know, Browns fans, that the Chase McLaughlin hasn't been fantastic this season, but look, the guy that they brought in, Chris Nager, was uh, you know 17 for 31 on college field goals in his career. I think McLaughlin's an upgrade on him for sure. You know, he may not be the long-term answer for the position for the Browns, but as I mentioned last week, it's tough to bring in a kicker off the street this late in the season. Good to get him back. At least keep that special teams unit. Uh, as intact as possible. I know there's been a lot of rotation there as well with the punting situation, but I, I think it's the right thing to bring him back and, and keep him in the lineup. Uh, some other things, you know, JOK with, with missed practice with illness, 
he was back, so it's not uh, COVID-related, it seems. Kareem Hunt was back in a limited fashion on Friday, too, so maybe the Browns will see him this Monday as well. Keep in mind, yes, this game is on Monday night against the Steelers, so they've got some extra time. So, you know, there are still some injuries. Troy Hill, John Johnson, both still have not practiced this week. But as far as December and January football is concerned, the Browns are going to be about as healthy as you could expect and about as healthy as they've been in weeks. And that is a really positive sign, I think, for two must-win games. They've got to win both of them. So there's there's that piece of it. The other news I saw out there that a lot of people were talking about was Alex Van Pelt saying that the brace is impacting Baker Mayfield's mechanics. The quote from him was, you know, he said the shoulder harness has handcuffed Baker Mayfield in his natural throwing motion, and he thinks that his mechanics will get back to normal next year uh, when there's no harness. And, and as I've said on this podcast before, I hope that is the case. I hope this is injury related. I hope that's part of the problems. My hesitation with that is that these mechanical issues with Baker Mayfield have been present before this season. You know, there were a, a lot of throws last season where the guys were wide open and you missed them. There were a lot more examples of that in 2019, even than in 2020 of some mechanical issues uh, popping up as well. So as I said, maybe, you know, he had made strides there and, and he's regressing because of the injury in the harness. I can only hope that's the case because he is going to be the quarterback next year, pretty much no matter what, uh, unless something major happens, because you look at the draft, you look at the free agency class, there's just not a lot of options. So I would be shocked if Baker Mayfield is not the the starting quarterback for the Browns next season. And then we'll see after that, but you know, the Browns still have two pivotal games here. And as people, you know, are, are quick to remind uh, Browns fans after the last week that were more negative on the performance, you know, they still have a shot at the playoffs and they do. It's a legitimate shot for sure. At this point, now they need Cincinnati to slide uh, to, to struggle. So basically there's, you know, three things that need to happen for the Browns to make the playoffs as we've gone over. But number one is they need to win their last two games. Pretty gut and dry. They have to win those two games if they're going to make the playoffs. They have to win the AFC North. They're playing two AFC North teams. Number two, they need Cincinnati to lose Kansas City this week. And I do not think that is a given. I know a lot of Browns fans are feeling confident about that. I would not. Kansas City has looked better the last couple of weeks. Yes. Did they destroy the Steelers? Yes. But Cincinnati's looks really good too. And the challenge I think uh, here for the Chiefs is you know, do they have the same motivation that Cincinnati does? They look in pretty good shape for the one seed. They don't necessarily need this game. It would go a long way for them to keep that one seed. But at 11 and four, they still could get it even without this game. So I hope they come in motivated, but I'm just not so sure. And, you know, Kelsey's coming off a COVID absence as well, along with a few other players. So we'll see. We'll just have to wait and, and see as far as their motivation in this game. But the Browns really need the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. And then they need the Ravens to lose one of their last two games. That's looking increasingly likely as Lamar was limping around pretty heavily at a practice uh, a couple days ago. And then he did not practice after limping badly at that practice. So they may be down to their third string quarterback or to a really hobbled Lamar against the Rams. I think, you know, Browns fans probably feel pretty good about that. But as I said, Cincinnati is the key one playing the Chiefs next week, or this week, excuse me, the Browns need that to be a loss. I'm just not sure 
it's going to happen. And then, of course, they need to beat the Bengals, too, which I know the Browns crushed them earlier this year, but this Bengals team looks in really good form right now. Yes, Baker Mayfield's on the Bengals. Maybe you feel pretty good about that, but I know I would still, uh, of course, be nervous for a, a winner-take-all game against the Bengals in the last game of the season. I hope we get there. First things first, though, the Browns are taking on the Steelers on Monday night. And this is a, a must-win game for the Browns. The, the Steelers, after being crushed by the Chiefs last week, are pretty much out of it, though they probably you know, are looking at uh, scenarios as well, trying to squeeze their way in. But uh, you know, the, the Steelers are in trouble, but they do have the motivation of this being Big Ben's last home game. You know, how much does that play into it? I don't know. I, I always think those things are a little bit overrated. I'm sure Big Ben's going to want to play well. I'm sure the Steelers fan base will be behind them and this will be a tough environment. But other than that, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the game. So let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the actual pieces of it. I think, you know, the place to start is with the Browns offense and the Steelers defense because, you know, the Steelers defense has had weaknesses at times this season. Now, TJ Watt's been fantastic for them when he's played. You know, he's dinged up right now, but they haven't been that great at, at times and particularly recently. However, the last time the Browns played the Steelers, they only scored 10 points. Now, first critical as I've been a Baker Mayfield on this podcast, you know, let's remember that game. Baker was 20 of 31, but he had a number of drops from his receivers. Jarvis Landry, a couple crucial drops, a huge fumble in the fourth quarter of that game. For as, you know, the Browns could not move the football uh, in for large chunks of this. You know, Nick Chubb couldn't really run the football for large chunks of this. I didn't really think this game was so much on Baker Mayfield as some of the other games this season. I actually thought he was fine. You know, this was the game he came back from injury after the Broncos game that he sat out. And I thought he looked okay uh, in the game. You know, it wasn't spectacular by any means, but he didn't get any help. And that's definitely part of the problem that happened with the Browns. Hopefully he will get help in this game. And I think the number one place he can get help is with the running game. The Steelers, you know, running defense has really, really struggled these last few weeks. They've given up uh, 200 plus yards in two out of the last three games. They've given up more than 100 yards every game since the Browns played them. They're 32nd as far as yards per game. Some of the analytics, you know, will say that they're slightly better than that, but still not great. I mean, bottom half the league, bottom 10 in most cases. But, you know, some of that, some of the, the more advanced stuff will say they're a little better than 32nd against the run, but they've been bad. And, then, and that's the key takeaway is, hey, this should be a game that Nick Chubb can get going in. And, and the Browns really got the running game going last week against the Packers. This should be a similar situation. They should be able to control this game on the ground. They should actually get back to a semblance of an offensive line with JC Treader back. You know, they really should have everybody in their natural slot. Uh, assuming they put Jed Wills back at left tackle, they're going to move, you know, James Hudson probably will be the guy at right tackle in this one, you know, whether it's him, Hans, a rotation uh, that we've seen all season or since Conklin got hurt at least. You, know, you expect the Browns to be operating, you know, similar to what they usually do at this point. And I would expect them to have success on the ground. So that piece of it should be where the Browns can have success. Now, passing the ball is a different story uh, against the Steelers, mostly because of the pressure that they generate on the quarterback. Now, T.J. Watt 
Cam Hayward both have been banged up these last couple of weeks, and that could be part of the reason for the Steelers' decline, both the run and the pass game. But, you know, they're, look, they're a team that's fourth in sacks. They're, they're you know, high in the league in terms of pressure rate. They're high in the league in terms of hurry percentage. All of that stuff, you know, they pressure the quarterback. And we know Baker Mayfield has not been good under pressure, both recently and for the majority of his career. So the, the Browns, number one, need to find a way to stay up, you know, keep Baker Mayfield upright. And I think they will. You know, they're not exactly a downfield passing attack anyway. And I think the other, you know, obvious solution is the Browns are a great screen team. They're the best uh, in the NFL as far as screens uh, in terms of yards per play, in terms of total yards that are uh, passing from screens. They they lead the NFL. So I would expect that's the way to neutralize this, you know, the Steelers defense is with that screen game. And if Hunt is able to come back, I think that's even going to be a bigger part of this Browns offense. We know how explosive he is in the passing game. So I do think there's an opportunity for this Browns team against the Steelers, you know, to really control the ball on the offensive side of things. I think they can get the ground game going. They can use the play action off of that. Landry, you know, I think we'll be looking for revenge in this game. I thought Rashard Higgins had one of his best games of the season. Actually, I think he had his best game of the season last week. They need more out of him. I like how they've been using Anthony Schwartz to get him out in space. So I think all of the things that the Browns offense did last week against the Packers really could be, you know, in a similar uh, form against the Steelers for the most part. The only thing is the Steelers have a better pass rush. And, you know, the, the Browns just have to be wary of that uh, on that side of the football and not let that destroy the game for them because the, the, the Steelers can do that uh, with, their, with their defense. Now, if it looks at the other side of the football, you look, the Steelers offense, we kind of know what it is at this point, right? Uh, you know, Big Ben, you know, is going to throw the ball short. Uh, I, I saw some crazy stats from Big Ben, so I want to share these with the audience at home as you're listening. So Big Ben, among 40 qualifiers at the position, 40 guys, he ranks 33rd in terms of air yards to the first down. He ranks 36th in average intended air yards, and he ranks 37th in average completed air yards. So basically, he's at the bottom of the league, below 32nd in everything that relates to throwing the ball downfield. He does not throw the football downfield anymore, which is probably part of the reason he's going to retire. And on top of that, he somehow still has the third highest aggressive throwing percentage, according uh, to, to next gen stats. So he basically is trying to force the ball into tight windows at all times, even short throws, long throws, all of it. And he has one of the, the highest, you know, interception uh, or turnover worthy uh, rates at four per, over 4%. So I, all of those numbers back up, what you see when you watch the Steelers, right? Big Ben does not throw the ball downfield and he throws the ball to the other team a lot. There are opportunities to catch the football and the Browns have been, you know, really opportunistic, you know, over the last few weeks, creating turnovers, they've got 10 turnovers. I think, uh, you know, in the last several weeks, uh, they they've really found a way to get their hands on the football. I think they have 10 turnovers since playing the Steelers and they could use some picks in this game. You know, you got going to get Greg Newsom back. Denzel Ward's been in, in incredible form recently. There should the Steelers team just should not move the ball on the Browns defense. They didn't last time, you know, only scoring 15 points. And I just don't really think they're going to again. I mean, the way they're successful is, is twofold, essentially. It's 
pounding the ball over and over again with Najee Harris, like kind of successfully, which is what they did with the Browns, where he ran the ball 26 times for 91 yards. And as we know, that's just not an efficient way to play offense in this day and age. So they're going to try to run the football. The Browns have been pretty good, you know, uh, when teams have tried to run at them in in the way that the Steelers run the football. Um, And I think, you know, the Steelers offensive line is just not good enough uh, to move the Browns front around. And then the second way the Steelers really generate offense is through, you know, when they make their short throws uh, is breaking tackles. Najee Harris breaks more tackles than any running back in the league after receptions. Deontay Johnson, you know, is a fantastic receiver for, for the Steelers, really having a breakout season. Uh, you know, he has 5.6 yards after the catch per reception. That's number one in the NFL, too. So they basically they get the ball in the hands of their playmakers and they try to break tackles. The Browns have been a good tackling team this season. You know, I think I saw they only have missed 82 tackles all year. They have one of the highest tackle percentages. You know, they and as you just watch, you know, guys like JOK, they fly around the field. They don't miss tackles. Anthony Walker doesn't miss tackles. They need that to continue. The secondary guys have to tackle, especially, you know, if John Johnson's not going to be there, if Troy Hill's not going to be there, some of your more veteran guys, the guys replacing them have to make sure they tackle soundly. You know, MJ Stewart's been really solid tackling in the last few weeks, but they're going to need him again, uh, you know, in this game in all likelihood. So I do think, you know, on both sides of the football, I like what I'm seeing here as far as the matchup for the Browns. I understand that they lost to the Steelers early in the year. I thought that had to do with the Browns playing poorly, not what the Steelers did. And you look at it, you know, matchup wise, the Browns should be able to do stuff on both sides. I just, I don't see Big Ben moving the ball a ton on this Browns team. I don't see you know, the, the, the Browns, you know, getting stymied in the run game the same way they have, uh, you know, at times this season. So look, this should be a game that I, you know, I, I feel pretty good about the Browns chances of, you know, what gives me pause? Well, you know, the Steelers have owned the Browns number one. I knew, you know, that playoff game uh, in last year kind of excluded uh, they found a way to beat the Browns. Big Ben, has always found a way to beat the Browns. So yeah, that gives me pause number one, especially in a situation where it's the Steelers, you know, in a game that they want to win for Ben versus a Browns must win. I have pause about that. I think the second thing that gives me pause is Miles Garrett's injury. I mean, I know he played last week, guys, but he looked really limited. And he said, you know, in, in the interviews this week that he's still feeling the groin injury every time he gets out of his stance. You know, thankfully, they've got Clowney back to hopefully get some pressure on Big Ben. But boy, I mean, I just it's tough when your best defensive player is hurting and doesn't look like himself. Now, they they've been able to overcome that. I I thought the defense played pretty well last week. I also think that, you know, with how quickly Big Ben gets rid of the ball, it almost, you know, Garrett's impact probably is going to be lessened anyway in this game. But I never love when, you know, the best player on the team is hurt. Uh, and that's a, uh, it's a problem. And then, you know, Baker Mayfield has got to at least take care of the football better than he did last week. I mean, it's one thing to miss throws. It's one thing to not play well. Four interceptions is backbreaking for a team. You're just not going to win games throwing four interceptions. The Ravens against the Browns this year excluded. As we know, that was a, a such a rare feat. Uh, so, you know, the Browns just can't afford to, to turn the ball over. This should be a game where they win the turnover battle, as I just talked about. Big Ben prone to throwing the ball into places he shouldn't. So the Browns need to win that turnover battle. As far as a prediction, I think I saw the Browns are three-point favorites in, in Pittsburgh. That feels about right to me. If I had more faith, 
in in the Browns against the Steelers, uh, you know, I would I would bet the Browns, but I'm feeling pretty confident about this game, guys. You know, as I said, my biggest worry as a Browns fan at this point is, you know, is the Bengals, both in terms of them losing to the Chiefs and then the Browns finding a way to beat them. I actually think the Browns, in theory, should have a, a good chance against the Steelers this weekend. I think they're the better football team. They have the better roster. Uh, I think they're healthy at this point, too. So, you know, all of those things combined, I I want to feel good uh, about this game. We'll just have to we'll have to wait and see how it plays out, you know, and, and maybe if the Bengals do beat the Chiefs, the Browns will be a little bit deflated by the time they come in Monday night. But we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, you know, I, in general, I think that this team still has, you know, everything in front of itself. And hopefully they'll still have a, a shot at the playoffs, you know, come Monday night and, and then come next week. Because, uh, you know, as much as crazy as the season has been, God, it would be fun to have a playoff game, wouldn't it? Especially because if they win, you know, the division, it would be a home playoff game. Be pretty nuts. So I hope it happens, Browns fans. I hope you guys are out there uh, excited. And as I said, have a happy new year. You know, Jordan will make his return to the podcast eventually, I promise. Uh, and in the meantime, you know, we'll just have to keep, you know, rooting for this 13% chance for the Browns to make the playoffs and keep this season going. So, you know, plenty of more plans for 2022 in this podcast. I also want to give a shout out to, to all the listeners out there, you know, tons of unique listeners this year, people discovering the podcast for the first time, people listening to it week after week. You guys have been great uh, with some interaction as well. I really want to fire that up more in 2022, you know, uh, whether it be a discord or, or something else to keep this thing going, but the podcast has been growing year over year and I just can't thank you guys enough for listening. So, you know, have a, have a happy new year, everybody stay safe. And then, you know, we'll cheer on the Browns Monday night. So until then Browns fans, two words for you, go Browns.